10, 9, ignition sequence start, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The Treehouse of Liberty podcast is hosted by Jason Fornwald and comes to you from the bright red corner of the bright blue state of Maryland. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome into another episode of the Treehouse of Liberty podcast. I am your host, Jason Fornwalt, and thank you so much for joining me once again. I wanted to dedicate this show to a very good friend of mine and somebody who's been a longtime contributor uh, to the show, Mr. Clay Moore, and you're finally going to get to hear him in his own words. It's not me reading his text or anything like that. Uh, you finally get to hear from the man himself. Um he is not only a fantastic contributor to the show, like I said, he's a good friend of mine and he's someone who's very knowledgeable about constitutional issues and has really kept up with uh, the situation that we have going on in the country right now. I hope you will enjoy this. I think you will. Sit back, relax, kick your shoes off, and let's listen to Clay as he gets into uh, some of the events that are going on in the country. And now I want to welcome in a dear friend of mine, Mr. Clay Moore. Um, if you guys have listened to the show for any length of time, you've already heard some of Clay's commentary. If you haven't, first of all, why the hell not? Um, and second, I think you're in for a real treat today. Um, Clay, thanks for joining me on the Treehouse Liberty podcast, and welcome, sir. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, my friend. No, the honor is all mine, believe me. Um, if you would, share with the listeners a little bit about your background. I know that you spent some time as an Army MP, and thank you for your service there. Um, welcome. I know that you're a member of the Constitution Party, and those are two things that, as you know, are right up my alley. Um, but what is it that the people listening should really know about you? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I did serve three years uh, in West Germany back at the time. That tells you how old it is um, in the uh, MP Corps. And um, I am a, a constitutional conservative, okay, Christian conservative. Uh, love the country. Love. Uh, Love the Lord, love uh, my fellow people, uh, even those that may not quite see eye to eye with me or whatever. Get frustrated with them at times, but do love them. Um, got uh, two beautiful daughters that have grown now, and each one of them has given me a fantastic grandson. Nice. Unfortunately, I've had to stay away from them for about a month. Um, uh, I usually live in Georgia. Right now, I'm down in Florida with my mom because. Uh, I came down to see her, and the same time I came down to see her, they happened to have the travel restrictions. So I just said, well, I'm just going to stay here and ride it out. So hopefully I'll be back with my grandson shortly. Right, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I think being a constitutionalist during this time kind of presents some unique challenges as to how we kind of approach things in our minds um, and how you, you properly balance liberty and security. Um, and feel free to speak on on Florida or Georgia, but – what measures are being taken in your area to combat the virus? Okay, well, um, since I'm since it's happened mostly since I'm down here in Florida, let me just say here they have closed, um, you know, some of the state off to people that are coming in from high restricted areas. Um, that, in a way, that kind of you know rouses me a little bit on the freedom part of it, but at the same time, I can understand why. So uh, when we come into Florida or at least it was, I don't know if they've lifted it now. I haven't heard that they did. Um, they're going to check your ID and then they're going to ask you if uh, you came from New York, New Orleans, New Jersey. And if you did, then they're going to probably quarantine you before they let you in the state. Right. Um, 
course, you know, you could always lie. Don't recommend that because you get caught. You could be in real trouble. Sure. But um, I'm just glad that, that we live in, I live in the South, okay? Right. And I know there's a lot of <laughs> stigma about the South, trailer parks and marrying your cousins and all that kind of stuff and everything. I'll tell you what, I call you guys Americans. That's what <clears> I'm But let me tell you, I'm glad I don't live in Michigan right now where the governor of Michigan says you can't even go outside and throw a ball in the yard with your daughter because if you do, they'll, they'll take you and throw you in the jailhouse, you know, because uh, you're supposed to stay inside, which is just ridiculous. Can't go out in a canoe in the middle of the water, even if it's just you all by yourself. Right. I can't think of another example of social distancing than being out in the middle of the water all by yourself in a canoe. So um, right. some of these governors have uh, just gone crazy and gone power hungry and taken it to themselves. Now, uh, anybody that knows me and everything knows that I'm not a Trump guy. Okay, I'm not a diehard bleed Trump orange person. But <laughs> let me tell you this. He's the best president we've had since Ronald Reagan. Okay. Uh, the things that I disagree with him with yes not very many but some but um but i think he's doing a great job and he just got waylaid by this and i just really get upset about the democrats um <clears throat> wanting to put more stuff in the package before they release the other 250 billion uh, mitch mcconnell was on the floor the other day and he said that the republicans are ready to release the 250 billion dollar second phase but the democrats aren't ready to release it yet because they want some more stuff added in there and that just really irritates me that people, whether they be Republicans or Democrats, are being partisan at a time when we need to put Americans first. Right. Amen. And I think that's one of the things that frustrates people like you and I. It's like we're in we're in a national emergency and it should be one of those times where the funding, where the effort, where the resources are directed towards what we're actually combating. And you have these, especially senior senators and senior representatives, they're adding things that have absolutely nothing to do with these bills. Um, I think it gets really frustrating for, for people like us. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think Rick Scott is the governor of Florida. Uh, no, now it's uh, DeSantos, Ron DeSantos. Oh, okay, okay, that's right, that's right, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry. If you were in his shoes, what would you keep as far as his response to the virus and what might you change, if anything? The only thing I would consider changing is the blockade. But like I said, I can understand why. Um, I may go a little further to, and say that demand more proof that you are coming from a place like New York, New Jersey or whatever. But then again, you're going to have cars backed all the way up to Kentucky waiting to get into Florida and you right. take too much time doing that. Yeah. So I think in a way it's good intentions, but I think it's a lot of wasted manpower and wasted money because like I said, um, from what I understand, they ask you, and if you can say, well, I'm coming from Alabama or Kentucky or whatever, and then they say, okay, well, you can go ahead and come on through, you know? So even if you were coming from New York and you wanted to get into Florida, all you'd have to do is lie and say, well, I'm coming from Kentucky, you know, and uh, then come on through. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I tell you, I, I had a situation like that last week. I, I work security in what I call my real life at this point and working the gate for a power plant. You know, I've kind of been responsible for screening everybody that comes into the plant. You know, we go down through a checklist of questions that we have to ask them. And one of those is, have you come from any of the high risk areas? And we list what the high risk areas are. And I had a guy come down from Flushing, New York told me that he hadn't been to any of the high-risk areas. Now, he lived in New York. He was coming uh -huh. from New York. He told me he wasn't from New York, hadn't been there, and I let him through the gate. 
And I mean, I was just heartbroken because it, I mean, it's been an honor for me to be on the front lines, you know, as far as keeping people out of this plant and keeping our employees well. And, right. you know, here a guy turns around and lies to me and it just, it drove me insane. Um, fortunately, it seems like we're going to be okay, but you know, things like that can definitely happen. I mean, not everybody's honest, unfortunately. Right. Right. Um, what are you, what are your thoughts on how the White House has handled all of this? I know you said you're not a huge Trump man, and I do know that about you. I think you've agreed with a lot of the the policies that he, he's implemented, and certainly the economy before this situation. But what do you think about the White House? What the White House has done? Well, number one, when I, I am the biggest Trump fan in the world when he gets up there and slams the media. <laughs> that's, that's, that's when you bring out the popcorn. It's better than pro wrestling. You know? so it's, it's good. And I'll take but, that um, second position there. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that he's doing a great job. I think he reacted accordingly. It irritates me that uh, these de- that, well, uh, politicians, most of them Democrats, yes. Now, I won't say all Democrats, okay? I, I'm fair. There's some Democrats, I think, that are they're working hard to help out the United States and right. and uh, everything. And one Democrat that I just absolutely uh, think is, is awesome is, um, is uh, Gabby from um, Hawaii. Oh, you know, okay. she kind of got, I uh, can't think of what her full name is. They call right. her Gabby. Uh, yeah. She, um, you know, she got Hillary said she was helping the Russians take over the country and everything, you know, the same old stuff that the Democrats have been saying. So, uh, Tulsi Gabbard, that's her name. Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi yes. Gabbard. Yeah. Yes, sir. And, uh, and, uh, I think that she, she needs to switch parties. <laughs> but, um, I think he's doing great. And, and you know, it, it's all China's fault. I think China and the WHO should have told us back in January, Hey, this is very contagious. Sure. It is human to human people. We need to do something, and if we are, then we could have probably saved a lot of time, a lot of money, and especially a lot of lives. Uh, since he's been in, I think he's um, he's done well. Um, I know he took a lot of hat of uh, of heat for closing off China. You know, Nancy Pelosi saying, "Well, come on to over here to San Francisco and come down to Chinatown and enjoy the Chinese delicacies. Exactly. You know, we'll take care of you." Yeah. And Joe Biden and others saying he was racist and xenophobic. And all that, and uh, yet the other day he said that that Joe Biden called him on a call and said that he was absolutely right for closing out China. Yeah. Um, I don't think Joe would probably admit that in public, but at least he admitted it to to President Trump, so that was good. And um, <clears throat> I, I just think I think it's done good. I really like the way that he's assembled a team of different people. Um, I get irritated with the media because they're trying their best to drive a wedge between Fossey and Bricks and him. And yet they're all on the same page. Um, it really irritated me last week when uh, Dr. Fossey got up and said that he um, agreed with everything, that Trump agreed with everything he said and that, that at no time did he feel like he was being disrespected by Trump. And then some guy, I can't remember who it was, but some guy from CNN said, or some lady from CNN asked him, now, did Trump put you up to saying that? Or are you saying this yourself? And he said, don't even go there. He said, these are my own words. Trump's not telling me to do anything. So right, right. I, I, that just really irritates me when the media gets gets on their high horse like that and thinks that they are the ones that are running the country. We could do without the media for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. And that was actually the, the next direction that I was going to go in. Do you think um, that President Trump is getting the best information possible from Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks. 
I think he is. Uh, I know he doesn't always agree with him, but that's going to happen. I mean, you know, when you've got, I've been in retail management most of my life before I retired. So uh, you're going to have, you know, other managers that disagree with you on decisions and everything. And the way you handle that is you sit down, you talk about it. And then if you're in charge, you, you make the big decision at the end, but you definitely listen to the others and take into account what they say and incorporate that into your decision. I think that's what he's done. Um, I've been very, very, somebody I've been even more impressed with than president Trump is vice president Pence. I think he's done an outstanding job. And, um, I think that, um, that he'd be a great leader in 2024 and 2028 if he decides to run both those times. I think right. he would be a very great leader too. So, yeah, I, I think it's interesting that how when you're in a leadership position, that communication kind of has to go back and forth. You can't be right. just talking down to your employees or talking down to your your uh, subordinates. You have to have that line of communication open with those people on the front lines who can give you the information about what's going on on the ground and help you make your decisions. I think that's a, a very important That is correct. There. Um, but go ahead. I was just going to say, but I really worry for my country because uh, I worry about the media. I worry about some of the politicians, mostly liberal, but some of the Republican politicians worry me too. And uh, it's getting to the point to where, and I know I've said this on your show a couple of times and I haven't really expanded on it, but I want to expand on it. Please. You know, there's four boxes um, of that the government can use. There's the um, soapbox. There's a jury box. There's the um, <clears throat> voting box. And then there's the ammo box. And I pray to God that we don't ever get to the point where we have to turn around and use the, the ammo box. But if the voting irregularities continue happening like they've happened in the past, and when the jury box gets to where we've got judges and attorneys and everything in there that are willing to let illegal aliens go, even if they killed U.S. citizens. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the soapbox where the media is so one-sided right now, it's liberal. But, you know, even if it was Republican, I'd be just as upset, you know, because the media is supposed to be the fair and balanced to handle the country. And it's just not, you know. So I hope that we don't get around to the ammo box, but I'm just really worried that that may be the direction we're going unless we have a spiritual and conscious awakening in this in this country and get back to the values and the morals that our fathers and our grandfathers had because, because, um, you know, um, I just really worry the direction the country's headed. I really do. Yeah. And I do as well, you know, and it's like when you look at that generation or those generations before us, I mean, those were people who were God, family, country in that order. Um, Those were their priorities. That's what they took care of. And, you know, for people like you and I, and I'm sure a lot of uh, our listeners right now, when we see, even though there, there is a real threat posed by this virus. I mean, I'm not one of those people who is not taking it at all seriously. Um, But, when you look at the erosion of the constitutional foundation of this country over something like this, I think people, not speaking for you, but I, I think people like us can can start to be concerned about the direction that we're heading in. I mean, you've seen after 9-11, and I'm sure other times in your life, that the government has seized some rights, and generally those right. don't tend to come back. And I think that rightfully scares right. people like us. 
And like I say, some governors have been great during this virus and others haven't. Uh, you know, I worry about um, <clears throat> some governors that are seizing way too much power uh, because of this coronavirus. And I'm just wondering what it's going to take for them to turn around and, and let go of that when the situation is over, or whether they're going to just go ahead and hang on to it and say, well, this is the way it's been. This is the way it needs to continue to be. Right. And that leads me into my next question. Have you given any thought to when we might be able to open the nation as a whole? And what do you think society will look like once that happens? Well, I really like the, the president's plan where he's going to open it state by state. Like you say, there's some states now, I think just last week, I think it was Wyoming, had the very first death ever that they had and they haven't had any since then. So you've got some states that are probably ready to open right now. I think most states are going to go ahead and wait for the May 1st deadline before they open. Um, and then the others will come online after that as they meet the criteria that, that the presidential committee and the coronavirus committee has, uh, has submitted. Uh, I don't think for a while anyways, I think it's going to take several years before we get back to what we considered normalcy before this. Really? I mean, it's it's going to be like even a year from now, if everything's fine and everything, whenever I'm getting with a group of people or whatever, there's always going to be that in the back of my mind that, right. you know, should I turn my head away when this person sneezes or whatever, yeah. you know? Yeah, um, so it's going to take a while to get all that out of your system, which might be a good thing, you know? Yeah. But uh, I think that it needs to be an individual thing. Um, you know, um, some people are going to be ready to go back right away and sit next to 50,000 other people in a sports arena or a concert or whatever the case may be. Um, I think I'm still going to be doing social distancing for about another six or eight months, at least when I go out, you know, um, maybe continue if somebody's walking by me, coming the other direction, kind of just move over a little bit and give them a little extra room or whatever. It's going to take a while before I get used to not doing that because I just, you know, want to make sure. But I think eventually several years, hopefully not that long, but several years down the road, I think we will get back to where we need to be, especially if they come up with an antidote for this. Right. Then um, that's going to make all the difference in the world. If they can come up with an antidote within a year, then I think within two years we'll be back to where we were before. It's just going to depend on when they come up with the antidote for it. Right. Well, I, and, I'll tell you what, President Moore, I have a concert to go to in August in Pittsburgh. There's Motley uh, Crue, Poison, Def Leppard, and Joan Jett. Um, you're going to have to make sure that the country is open by then. Because um, <laughs> that's something that I don't want to miss. But like I said, at the same time, you know, I mean, you do have to be realistic about what yes. you do have to take. Well, time. I think the entire country, including New York and everything, probably will be back open. And I'm saying probably in June or July. Um, now, may, I don't know, New York, May, New York and New Jersey and that area, they're hit pretty hard. Mm -hmm. My uh, son-in-law just... Um, went up there. Uh, he wasn't teaching this summer at his, at his nursing school. So him and a friend uh, were asked and they volunteered to go up there to the front lines in New York where wow. the COVID-19 virus is to work as nurses. They're ICU and trauma trained nurses, although they're both teachers now, but they have been ICU and trauma nurses in the past. So they'll be used to dealing with stuff like this. So I think they'll be okay. Um, just keep them in your prayers if you would. But uh, Absolutely. I think that, that, maybe everybody except maybe with the exception of New York and New Jersey and maybe Rhode Island, Connecticut there. 
I think by July, I think everybody will be back out doing things. Now, like you said, will restaurants be full of 200 people a night? I think it's going to be a while before that happens. Right. Uh, I think some people are going to walk into restaurants and see that there's one only one table left and it's surrounded by several other tables and they may just walk out instead of taking that one table because right. you know, they don't want to take a chance. But I think it'll come back on. I just pray that a lot of these small businesses that are have struggling and having trouble now stay afloat and survive so that when we do come back, that it, they come back strong and give their people employment again. Right. Uh, I've been unemployed several times in my life and it's no fun. It definitely <laughs> Believe is. And I'll tell you that that's something that my girlfriend and I have both been trying to do as well. Um, we've actually been eating quote unquote out a little bit more often than we used to. Of course, everything's right. out now. Um, we actually have a, a local bar and grill called Lash Balls here that was one of the first in the country um, to offer free meals to kids that aren't in school right now. Because you know as well as That's I do, awesome. you know, that might be the only good meal that a child gets during the course of the day if right. in, in that situation. Um, right. and so we've definitely tried to patronize them and the other businesses that are trying to take care of our community under very difficult circumstances. I mean, I think if if someone's trying to take care of you, you know, you owe it to them to, to take care of them as much as you can as well. Is there anything about this situation that I haven't covered that you'd like to throw out there? No, not really. Uh, one thing I would like to say, something that somebody said the other day that I heard, which was a really good idea, was um, if you have some extra money and you just don't feel like going out to a restaurant or something, maybe go ahead and buy one of their gift cards. Right. That way they get the money now and you've got a year in which to use that gift card. So when it does get back, you know, sometime in September, October, November, you've got the you've got the meal then already paid for it, and yet they have their money now. Yeah. Um I, I think that's an excellent point. And Trina was actually telling my girlfriend was actually telling me last night she's a big Steelers <clears> fan. <throat> I'm a Redskins fan, but you know, I put up with her being a Steelers fan. And uh, she, she was telling me last night that Ben Roethlisberger had gone around Pittsburgh and done exactly what you said. He bought a bunch of different gift cards from uh, different establishments up there. And then uh -huh. he randomly drove through neighborhoods and stuffed them in people's mailboxes. That so is awesome. Like, not only is he taking care of the businesses, but he's taking care of the community. And, you know, that's something that he tried to do under the radar. Of course, he's, you know, Pro Bowl quarterback. People are going to find out about it. But, you know, I think it's awesome that he did that. And speaking of awesome, um, you have been absolutely awesome to me, both in terms of your friendship, in terms of your support for the show from the beginning, all the contributions that you've made. And I just want to tell you, thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart for doing all that. I mean, it really does mean a lot to me, my friend. It's my pleasure. And if um, anything I can do to help make this country strong and great and keep it going in the right direction, then, uh, then I'm proud to do that because, uh, like you said, I'm from the generation where it's God, family, and country. And um, and if those three things are strong, then I believe that America's going to be strong. So um, I appreciate you, sir. I appreciate you letting me have this time. Sorry I went on so long. No, no, absolutely. Um, I enjoy whatever. Hopefully we can do it again in the future sometime on a different, happier subject, maybe. Right, and, exactly. Uh, and, and I'm going to make um, you promise me you'll do that. I'll, I'll be there. You just <laughs> let me know. And then, and, uh, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, uh, I'll be there to, to help you uh, through anything that you need, sir. And I appreciate you, and I appreciate this 
podcast and uh, people that aren't listening to this podcast, shame on you because his <laughs> podcasts are awesome people. Let me tell you, they really are entertaining and informative. Clay Moore, ladies and gentlemen. Clay, thank you so very much. You take good care of yourself and stay healthy. I will. Thank you, everybody. God bless all of you. Thank you so much for joining me once again. I hope you all enjoyed getting to listen to Clay. I know I always do, and I always learn something anytime I get to talk to him. Um, please keep your comments and questions coming. You can contact me on Twitter at Treehouse1776, at Treehouse1776. You can also find me on Facebook. It is the Treehouse of Liberty Podcast, Treehouse of Liberty Podcast. And feel free to send me a personal email. My account is jdfsinfrank, O-R-N as in Nancy, W-A-L-T as in Tom, at gmail.com. Thank you so much, folks, for being here. Stay safe, stay healthy, and I'll talk to you next time.